The NBA Finals are underway. Jalen Brown trade talk is heating up. John Morant is in a whole lot of trouble. All that and more on the Sports by Northwest podcast. Hello, I'm Aaron Fenches with the Oregonian and Oregon Live. I'm joined by Brenna Green from Coin6. Brenna, what up? Man, just just waiting on the draft, baby. We are just <laughs> That pa- was a delay. We are patiently waiting. <laughs> We we know we got twenty two. We days have three weeks, yo. I get to, I guess twenty days <laughs> from when we're recording until the draft, and we're just we're we're just plowing our way through it until the big moment. So there you go. Yeah, I, I try I try to forget about the twenty one days, and I'll start a countdown the week of. Otherwise, I'll go nuts because I wanted to get here so badly. But anyway, the Sports by Northwest podcast is brought to is supported by and brought to you by Pacific Office Automation one four seven coming. June 2nd, which is the day we're recording this, and the 3rd. Uh, so get out there to Portland International Raceway and enjoy you some fast cars that won't get pulled over. Also, we've started a subtext campaign where you can receive text messages directly to you from myself and Bill Oram. Start a 14-day trial by texting 503-386-0095. We will send you links and hot takes, and you can respond in kind. All right, so Brenna. We have a lot to talk about today, as we usually do. And I have to mention, for those of you who listened last time, and I know you want to update on Scandaval, Brenna is just chomping at the bit. She wanted to put it as the lead te- topic. I said, no, no, no. We do so, so we do the, the uh, pop culture and societal nonsense later. So hold off. I, hold I on. Not. I know you're excited. I know you're jacked up. Okay, I'm embellishing a little bit. It was just the first thing at the (laughs) top of my mind because we discussed it the last, you know, two weeks or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want it as a lead topic. I just knew that that's what I wanted in my pop culture topic. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. It's the main thing you want to. You're you're jacked up now. And just as a teaser, I watched the clip she sent me last week. Yeah, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll be able to chime in this time a little bit. All right. But first things first, the NBA Finals that no one wanted are underway. Game one goes to Denver. What was the final? I <laughs> do you remember a lot to a little. I don't a know. Lot. No, you... I mean, it was, but dark. it got better. Like Denver backed off a little bit, but it, it was yeah. clear early on just how, how the thing that struck me the most was how much smarter Denver is than Boston. <laughs> Because they play such a smart brand of basketball. I was like, oh, wait, you can pass the ball around and get a good shot and then maybe take a three when it's wide open only? Wow, that's amazing. How does that work? Um, but after game one, what, what are your feelings on this series? Is it over or do you, do you see a ray of hope for Miami? I'm, I'm not willing to say it's over just because Miami had such adverse circumstances coming into this game. I mean, you're having to fly from Boston to Denver Denver's had like a week and a half off. They're in altitude. There's just a lot of things that are going against you in that sort of situation that aren't aren't necessarily favorable. But I mean, literally everyone and their mom has picked Denver to win this series. So I, I just I I will say this: Miami definitely has an uphill battle ahead of them. Uh, with, 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 and, and quite literally with the altitude, I guess there as well. So, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I fully expect Denver to come out of this 2-0 going into Miami for sure. What about you? Well, I picked Denver 
four one. Um, but you know, anything can happen. Then Miami is not supposed to be here to begin with. The final score was one hundred four ninety three. Thanks mainly to the fact that you know Denver kind of eased up a little bit after building a huge lead yeah. early in the game. Uh, they lost the fourth quarter, thirty to twenty, which sort of made it you know closer. But to me, the the real score that mattered was what's the score going into the fourth when they were clearly down twenty one. Uh, but like you said, Miami had a lot of things working against it. This is a game that they were absolutely supposed to lose for a host of reasons. And Struess going 0 for 10 and 0 for 9 you know, on threes certainly didn't help. Uh, but they should have a better handle on things in the next game. And I think they'll make it definitely closer. I just think Denver is just – they have too many shooters and their best player is a distributor first MVP caliber guy who had 14 assists. I think he had 10 in the first half. I think had a triple double and I just don't see how Miami can match up with that offensively because they don't, they don't have, you know, they don't have the greatest offense. Obviously they do play good defense, but how do you deal with a seven foot guy that you don't have anyone on your roster who can remotely even be a body on him really? So yeah, I'm sticking with four one after what I saw. You know, Tyler hero might be back next game. So that's going to really change things. Um, Heavy sarcasm there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but hey, I, I mean, like Tyler Hero. I do but. like Tyler Hero. I, you know what? I like Tyler Hero when he plays better than when he's on the bench. Because let me tell you, questionable fashion decisions. Um, no more bucket hats, my <laughs> dude. It's time to burn all of them, all of them. Um, and, and it is somebody who can make threes, which is something they definitely, definitely need against this Denver team. So that's good. But speaking of Miami, the team that they beat. Boston boy mm-hmm. our guy Jalen Brown what a rough game seven <laughs> and let me tell you Blazers executive the only uh, people who are probably happy about that Blazers executives uh, <laughs> uh, and why would you say that why would I say that well, this stock go down this stock go yeah, down stock goes down it's easier no. to trade. It's no I mean I mean it didn't hurt the Blazers' chances to get him. Let's put it that way. Uh, I mean, what what are you what are you feeling right now about you know the Jalen Brown to Portland stuff? I mean, you know, obviously it's all rumors. It's not it's not super spicy at this point, but it is it is something that's you know been floated out there. It was hilarious how quickly people had articles and podcasts up trading Jalen Brown for. A, a, a host of reasons and one of the winning spots being Portland either for Dame or for Ant and the number three pick. Uh, I just don't see why unless Jalen Brown walks into the offices and says, I want out that Boston's going to trade him. It doesn't make any sense. And it, it drives me nuts when people look at a duo like this and say, Oh, they haven't won a title yet. Therefore someone's got to go. Well, just because they haven't won a title yet doesn't mean they're not on the verge of winning three or four in the next six years. You, you just you don't you don't know. Guys develop and grow. They're only twenty six and twenty five, so to break them up to me is ridiculous. If you break them up, you'll spend the next five years searching for another Jalen Brown. Is what I think. Which is someone that the Blazers have been searching for. Someone like that since I mean I guess we can put Brandon Roy in that category as a, as a wing, uh, but he only played a handful of years. So they've really been looking for a guy like Jalen Brown since Drexler. Is that an exaggeration? I don't think so. So 
I just don't see why Boston gives him up unless he demands a trade. And I don't know why they would trade him to Portland for Ant number three. I would demand Ant number three and Sharp, which if I'm Portland, I wouldn't do. Because if you do Ant number three, you're going younger. You're you're regressing as far as being a contender, I think. If I'm if I'm doing that kind of deal, I'm, I'm involving a third team to take either Ant or the number three pick from me and give me a, a veteran, uh, at least borderline all-star. Um, but for me, if, if this, anything happens, if Jalen Brown comes to Portland, I think it's more than likely he comes to Portland for Lillard. If, if I'm Boston, I'm trading Jalen Brown. I want back an all-star. And so I wait out Portland and I say, hey, you go out and run around with your aunt, number three, and Nurk and see what you can find to pair with Dame. And if you fail and it's time for you to trade Dame, come talk to me. <laughs> and then we'll consider a Brown for Dame trade. Because if I'm Boston and Brown wants out and I add Dame, you're still a contender. If you had a bunch of little kids, no offense, but you know, guys under 25 usually are not ready to contribute big time to championship contending teams, uh, then that doesn't do anything for me if I'm Boston. Yeah, I'm not trading Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard. That's a big no uh, for me personally. If he asked, if he asked out, if he asked out, if de- if he demanded a trade, would you not do that? I mean, if you can get some someone younger, uh, maybe two players, maybe. But I'm just saying that if the best deal on the table is Damian Lillard and he wants to be yeah. traded, that's a pretty that's a pretty good trade for you. Yeah. I don't no. know. I guess I'm just okay. Not okay, quite well, explain. Explain. I'm not. Explain. I'm not quite a believer in Jalen Brown being option numero uno. I think that he's a good. He's a great Robin. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying you wouldn't do it if you're Portland. You're saying you wouldn't yeah. do it if you're Portland. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant you wouldn't do it if you were – okay. I thought you were saying – okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay, so you would not – if you're trading Lillard, if it's come to that, Lillard's – they're going to trade him. You would not trade Lillard for Jalen Brown? I don't – I just – I think that – And again, so so when people discuss – so when, when – but when people discuss these things, they, they tend to say what they would or wouldn't do, and in their mind, they're thinking there's got to be something better. Yeah. So you, you have to you have to say what could be better? What could be yeah. better? Yeah. And was your knock on Jalen Brown? If you're if you're I would do that in Dame, a, I think in a millisecond. Should... If you're trading Dame, I think that I think that it probably should be a blow it up sort of situation and and just go full on rebuild because I just I think that bringing in Jalen Brown just kind of continues you on that same track of just being middle of the pack and and not really having a lot of flexibility which is what the Blazers have right now I know that Jalen is the second team all NBA pick I understand that I but I just I just don't I don't believe in him right now is an, a number one option for a team I just don't that could change that could change but uh, his track record, very obviously, as the number one option in Game Seven, and he admitted it himself. He didn't do well. <laughs> he didn't play well. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I know, but you can't base it all on that. I know. I just, I just think that if you're gonna, if you're gonna trade Dame, I think that we should just go full on tank. Like, let's just, let's just, let's just get as much, as many assets as possible to build towards something bigger and better down the road, instead of staying on this path of having this one All Star. And then a bunch of guys around. I don't know. I, I, that's. Okay. That's, so I hear what you're saying. And I heard you saying other people, other people have made that point as well. However, again, you're in a market that has trouble attracting stars. I, yeah. Right. I get that. So if you're going to move one star, if you're going to move one star, 
the one star you have, you're either going to draft a star, which they could have one in Sharp, or they could get one in Scoot Henderson, um, or you're never going to get one of you. <laughs> like the odds of you trading for one or pulling one in as a free agent are not very good. So if I can get a legitimate all-NBA guy, a two-way player, regardless of what happened in Game 7, every, every player in the history of the NBA has had garbage playoff games. Every single yeah. one. I can oh, name yeah. you some of Jordan's bad games. I can name you some of Magic's. Magic basically choked away the nineteen eighty, the entire nineteen eighty four NBA Finals. People, a lot of people don't either know about that or I forgot about that. So everyone has their moments. But if I can get Jalen Brown at twenty six as my lead guy, and I've got, I'm starting Ant, Sharp, Brown, and now can I convince Grant to stay for that five year deal as, as opposed to leaving on a, on a three year deal or four year deal? Grant, and then I keep Nurkic. That team's going to the playoffs. 100%. Okay, but that's not going to happen. That team's going to plus 100%. What? What's not going to happen? Well, I mean, I think that it, okay, maybe, okay. If they trade Dame, maybe it would just be a one for one sort of situation. But in the NBA these days, I feel Absolutely. like it's never that way. So I don't know. I mean, and Throw I don't, a couple second round I picks, don't maybe think since Brown's around. younger, but if Dame, if Why? Dame goes, I think Grant will probably, I mean, that's, that's the whole reason why he's here. No, I, I agree. I think Grant ultimately leaves. I think Grant ultimately leaves. Ultimately leaves if Dame's gone and they're doing what you said—a full-on rebuild with a bunch of youngsters. Yeah. But I wonder if he says, "I'm getting five. Let's see if he gets five years, 150 million, and he can't do a sign and trade, but he leaves as a free agent and gets four years and less. Where's he going to go? Is he going to go play with Dame in Boston? Boston probably. I mean, maybe you can do a sign and trade and, and sign and trade Grant and send him to Boston for some parts maybe i don't know but i think he would consider because they're they're winning that team's winning that team's gonna be exciting high flying score a ton of points the defense should be pretty solid too although you know you still got two youngsters at the guard positions there's gonna be some problems there but you got brown nurkic and uh grant behind it like to me that's and then you got scoot henderson coming off the bench that's I don't know i'm I'm feeling pretty good about that moving forward but that's just me but you, you bring and you bring up you know I assume you're alluding to this as well. The economic impact of adding someone on a super max $50 million uh, as opposed yes. to just moving Damon, that contract, getting some young players and, and picks back, et cetera, et cetera. And going that route. I see that point. I'm not, I'm not dismissing it, but if I can get Jalen Brown, whew, done. The, the new CBA. I think that, I think that group, I think that crew, that crew. Yeah. Well, and the cap's going to go up. So when people talk about the salaries, it's like, some of these salaries are being, you know, overblown right now because of the, you know, the, the cap right now is 122, 127, or something like that. It's going to go up. But I, that group of players I just mentioned contends for a title in two years. Okay. Once Sharp reaches like max, like maximum impact Sharp, Sharp Brown together, forget about it. Ridiculous. With okay. Grant and wow. All right. Okay. If this Done. happens, I'm gonna Done. I'm gonna and plus and plus in two years, in two that. years, Durant's older, LeBron's older, yes. Curry's older, the West and, and John Morant's suspended again. So you got <laughs> wide open West. Chris Paul's gone. Kawhi and George will be 35. Like everyone, all all the old guards falling off right when right when Sharp blossoms with a vet and Grant. Um and Grant and oh my god, yeah. Done. It ain't going to happen now. So <laughs> none of this is going to happen. We can sit here and fantasize. All but it's fun to talk about. It is. I know. 
All right. So speak. So speaking of what's probably not going to happen, what's probably not going to happen is that the Blazers are not going to use their draft pick. If they do use that draft pick, more than likely Damian's gone because Damian does not want to play with another 19 or 20 year old. And that would mean the Blazers failed to bring in veteran help. That said, if they do keep that pick, the consensus top three are Wimby, Miller, and Scoot. Yet the Blazers brought in the Thompson twins, Amin and Asar. Asar, how do you pronounce it? That yeah, that your guess you, is, you yeah, I, that TV? sounds good to me. <laughs> Did you pronounce it on TV? What'd you say? What'd you no, say? I, I wasn't anchoring that. Asar? Day. So, no. A-U, it's spelled A U S A R, Asar. Anyway, identical twins. Uh, they definitely look like they could be like, Jackson children. Have you ever looked at any of the kids of Tito and Jermaine and Arlo, like the same type of eyes and, and bone structure? Um, but, you know, that's only something I would probably notice. Um, very interesting, like, Trek, you know, giving up their senior high school and the chance to go play in college or go play for this six team pro league in Atlanta. Uh, I couldn't find out how, where they were, how much they were making. But anyway, um, they did well there and they're considered lottery picks. But Amin, I think, is considered maybe the fourth best prospect mm-hmm. in this draft. Yeah. But let me ask you. You were there that day when they worked out together, which mm-hmm. was cute. Two brothers traveling together, working out for NBA teams. It's so adorable. But Blazers aren't taking one of these guys at three if they keep that pick. So why are they working them out, Brenna? Because you have to work out everybody <laughs> that's around this pick range. And you have to... Leave due diligence. Open. Due and diligence. By the way, is you never know. They they use that pick, trade back a few picks, and they're at like seven, and one of those guys is oh, uh, you know, open or whatever, not open, is still you know, on the board, and they're like, okay, we worked these guys out, we like this one. So I, I mean, I, I guess there were some people who were like, why are they even working them out? And it's like that's ridiculous. Stop. <laughs> like, can everybody please just like take a breath, okay? Um, I, you know, I saw a Chris Burkhart tweet, you know, Hey, uh, they're going to work guys out. And sometimes by the way, they won't work guys out and they'll draft them. Hi, Zach Collins. Um, perfect example. <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is just what happens. Everybody needs to chill. I will say this. I was very impressed with both of them. I thought they were very well-spoken. I thought they were very personable. I thought that they were very, um, you know, like self-assured, I guess you could say. Uh, And I really like that about both of them. And I mean, you know, the thing is, is that nobody knows these kids because they basically, I'm sorry, sorry to overtime elite, but like, it's not like there was a lot of media coverage around that program. It's not like college where, you know, you get into March and the, the spotlight is on you. That's just not what it is. So, you know, this was, you know, really, I think, probably the, the night of the draft lottery was really the first time anybody had heard them speak on a, on a big stage like that. And they, they did well there. And I thought they did pretty well this time. Obviously, you know, we, you and I can't sit there and watch their workouts. We are not privy to how they did. Um, but I was impressed with, uh, with the media portion for them. And, you know, like you said, there's, there could be something, you know, you know, the Jalen Brown trade happens and somehow, you know, you never know what's going to happen on draft night. So you should work these kids out if you have the opportunity to. And I, I was impressed with both of them. So what about you? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you you, you have to do your due diligence. You got nothing else to do with your job, right? Like, yeah. Even though you know we're, we're staying at three, and we're gonna take this kid, or uh, we're not trading back, or we're not, you still do your due diligence. Yeah, you, you don't have anything else to do, so you bring him in, and like you said, you never know what could happen. Orlando's got six and eleven. Could a deal happen for six eleven and Wendell Carter for number three? If you can't find a, you know, if you can't do Jalen Brown, if you can't get Siakam, if you can't get you know Bam or someone else then maybe you consider that. Maybe you consider adding Wendell Carter and getting six and 11 and then trading six and Ant for something. Like there's so many different ways you can yep. go in these types of situations and it helps you make a wise decision if you've worked guys out. If they worked those two guys out and came away like, oh my God, like we, this guy, we think he's just as good as Miller, right? We trade yep. back. Maybe Houston's like, we want to trade up to get Miller. And you're like, okay. And they give you something, you trade back. And you get the guy you think is better than Miller. Like, there's just so many different ways things can go. So yeah, it it totally makes sense for them to work them out. And like I said, it's their job. <laughs> I mean, people just like to be. Like say, oh, let's not work those kids out. Let's go play golf. Yeah, I mean, and I I asked the question too. You know, what's what are the chances of them drafting one of these guys? And they're probably not high, but you know, you never know. And plus, you learn more about them. And who knows? In five or six years, you might be trading for one of them or. You could end up being working for the same team where they are. Who knows what's going to happen? So it makes no sense to just not at least work them out. All right. Well, that was quick. Um, <laughs> we talk about jaw first. Let's, let's you talk want jaw. to talk. You want to do jaw first? Let's do jaw first. Okay, let's do jaw first. Yeah. Before we get to our in-state star. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Adam Silver appeared on the pregame show for the NBA Finals Game 1, and talked about the fact that they have uncovered additional information about John Morant and that, that the whole thing could have reached ahead already, but they didn't want to uh, eclipse you know, the news cycle that the NBA Finals is, is in with a big John Morant thing. This led a lot of people to believe, oh no, they're about to bring down the hammer because if it was just going to be a two-week suspension, Maybe you just put it out there now. Uh, or they could be thinking that there might be controversy caused by that because people are expecting more. But it seems th- that the smart money is on the fact that, or not the fact, but the idea that Silver's about to bring down the hammer on John Morant. And for those who don't know, he was on an Instagram live post yet again, flashing a gun. You know, was he? I, I've, I always have a big issue with, you know, how you measure suspensions and sp- in sports leagues when someone hasn't been arrested or charged or indicted or convicted. Like, I think there's, there's sometimes a lot of gray area there. Uh, he, he, he flashed the gun for like less than a second before the camera moved. Um, but none of that really matters because he's already done this before. He had a talk with silver. He assured silver he wouldn't do this again. And yet he did it again. So it's basically an F you to silver in the entire NBA. <laughs> it's like, I can do what I want. What are you going to do about it? Um, so what do you think? What do you think is coming? Like are we talking twenty games, half season, full season? What do you think? Well, the fact that they said they uncovered more information is like, ooh, what? Hmm. Uh, that's what really got <laughs> yeah, me. Exactly. It's, what does that mean? It, this is this is gonna be. There's just no way that this is g- gonna be uh, a good for Jaw. There's. It's, I'm sorry. Like it's this is first of all, like you said. He basically uh, 
said screw you to the NBA by flashing that gun again. So that's not going to go over well because there's a lot of egos. Hello. Hi. Just even having it. Just even walking around with it again. Like just even taking it out of the house with him again. But yeah, allowing it to be on camera. Yeah. And uh, so you've already you've already got some people whose egos are hurt because you went and did the thing that you said you wouldn't do again. And you basically showed them up in front of the entire world. Right. So that's not going to track well. And then when Adam Silver says we uncovered more information, <laughs> woo, you are in a world of hurt. Um, yeah, I would imagine that this is going to be significant. Uh, yeah, maybe third season, something like that. I think half is probably a little much for somebody not doing something that's technically illegal. Like he didn't do something illegal. I I really wonder what's going to happen with um with uh oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the guy in the Hornets name? Miles Bridges? Miles Bridges. Thank you. I kept I kept thinking Mikhail and I was like, "Nope, nope, wrong person. Definitely not the right person." Um <laughs> So, anyways, yeah, I mean, you know, you see a situation like that, and you're like, okay, um, well, there's some pretty bad stuff going on there. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think because it wasn't illegal, I think you have to, I think you have to keep that in mind, like you said. But I, I do think he's, it's gonna, this is not gonna be pretty for, uh, for Ja. This is not, this is not gonna be a fantastic yeah. situation to say the least. Um. I'm so glad that that seven day rehab really did something for him or however long it was. It wasn't that long. Thanks for that performative act. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't think it's going to be a full season. No, that would be ridiculous. I, no. I mean, to me, to me, that's just asinine. If I, and if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm like, wait a minute, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. What are we talking about here? And if I'm him, I, if I'm him, I sue. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm an idiot, but, I was I, I didn't break a law. I wasn't arrested. What are we talking about here? You can't suspend yeah, for an no. entire season. That's costing me totally thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, I'd absolutely sue, and he'd win. Um, I think even a half game, a half season is ridiculous. I, agree. I think it's going to be like twenty. I think somewhere in the twenty range makes sense. You know, again, what are we talking about? Like he, he looks like a moron. He he looks immature and childish. If I'm if I'm Memphis, I'm wondering, do I want this guy to be the face of my franchise? Can I win a championship with this guy if he's this immature, mm-hmm. if he's this reckless, if he's this ridiculous, and then his dad's running around? You know, I, I don't mind parents hanging around their their star athletes, children, and maybe you have a job with them in their corporation or entity or whatever, or maybe you're like that's fine, but don't you, sh- you shouldn't be known. You shouldn't be that noticed. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be on press row yelling at officials or arguing with Shannon Sharp. Like you just shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't be visible. I shouldn't know who you are other than maybe I've seen you once or twice. Like that was everything for me always comes back to Chicago. Just get used to it. Like the Jordan parents, the Jordan parents came to the games, dressed up nicely, watched their son play, never said anything, never acted a fool, never did anything crazy. Like that's how it should be. So can you win a championship with your star player being this immature? I don't know because that immaturity is going to come back to bite you at some point. Yep. It just, it, it always does. This is why we, you know, the, what's going on with Kyrie. Kyrie is killing franchises, franchises left and right. Every time he goes there, not necessarily because 
of it's not just about what he's doing. It's what he's not doing. Like he's not doing all the things he could do to help teams win and contend. That hurts. And then he's also dragging you down. Well, it's just a double whammy. So anyway, if I'm Memphis, I'm looking to trade him. But then again, who's going to give you high value for him when they're not going to want to trust him either. But a lot of times people think they can rehabilitate other people's problems. Um, but anyway, the whole thing is just, it's just ridiculous. The, the, he needs to grow up. I cannot believe he didn't learn from the first time. I cannot believe he sat there and said all that stuff to Adam Silver's face and then went out and just went back on it. It's it's mind boggling to me. But then again, you know, I was an L7 square weenie, <laughs> you know, uh, goody two shoes, don't drink, don't smoke, really ever got in trouble type of kid. So I can't relate to acting that way, especially if I've got $200 million on the line, but he needs to grow up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if anything, like, you know, I know he he has, like, this little daughter who he just adores. And it's like, if you can't do it for yourself, like, you know, do it for her. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just disappointing to see somebody with so much potential at their fingertips. I'm not trying to, like, bring her into it. I'm just saying, like, that's another, that's, like, a good North Star for him to have. And maybe that's what he needs to, what he needs to focus his attention on or, or something like that. You know, I just, there's so much potential with him. And I do think that he, I mean, he has done some good. You know, it's not like he's, you know, somebody who's been all bad this entire time. I mean, really, it's really just been this past season where a lot of things came to light. Um, and maybe some things went to his head. So I do think there's, you know, potential for him to recorrect, but I just think that he kind of got down this hole and it's been, when you're in a hole like that, it's, uh, it takes more than just a seven day rehab program or however long it was to get out of it. You really got to like put the work in. And I mean, he even said that in his post game presser, like he knew he needed to put work in. So it's just, and, or post when they, I guess I shouldn't say post game when, when they um, lost their playoff series. So, you know, you just hope that it's finally sinking in now because maybe it just didn't before, but like, it's just, so frustrating to see these people with all this potential and it's just not checking out right now. So I still think there's time. I still think there's time for him to change. You know, you brought up Kyrie, like Kyrie at this point is Kyrie. He is who he is. He is not changing. Okay. I still think there's potential for John Morant to change and be better. I hope so. I, I truly do. It's it's mind-boggling to me. Now, before we move on to our next topic, there's some breaking news, Boy. I guess, although it's annoying me. that So a, re, a local real estate agent, Jeff Richard, has tweeted out with breaking. I, I love how everyone and their grandmother wants to be like, wants to break something. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I just, so one thing about Twitter that drives me nuts is like, if you're not in the if you're not in the media world, are you really breaking it or are you just relaying? Like you're just relaying information. You're not breaking like it, it drives me nuts. But anyway, he has hashtag breaking while Trailblazers star Damian Lillard has placed his seven million dollar Westland Oregon property on the market. 
It is blowing up. Um, it has a lot of people already speculating where he's going. There's a mock-up of him in a Warriors jersey, a Philadelphia jersey. Uh, Blazers fans are like, here we go with the Joker line. Uh, people have him being traded all over the place already, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, people, people, people sell property for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> it does not mean that he's about to be traded. Now, I guess it, wow. I, if you're going to be traded, if you're going to be traded, you might sell your property here, but he could also plan to, you know, stay here in the future anyway, even if he got traded. But there's a lot of different reasons why this could be going on. Um, there's some personal things going on in his life that I, I think could, could be contributing to this mm-hmm. that I'm not privy to talk about or would I talk about. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, you probably don't understand that too. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into this. Uh, but, you know, it, this is about to blow up today. I'm probably going to post something on it. But uh, yeah. So what do you think? I'll send you the tweet. Oh, I just, I saw it. I found it. I found it while you were talking. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think this has anything to do with Dane wanting to be traded. We'll leave it at that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try not to read too much into this. Yes. I, I know don't. It I would not make this into anything bigger than what than somebody putting a home on the market if that is the case. I don't think it means... I, first of all, it wouldn't make any sense for him to do that right now. Like, 20 days before the draft? Like, he knows that all the action is going to happen on the night of the draft. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the only reason he would be doing this because he's out is if they've already gone to him and said, yeah, we're not going to be able to get anybody. Or if, like, he thought they were going to get either Jalen Brown or Siakam or someone like that, and both said, nah, Brian coming. You know, and then it's like, well, we can't do anything, damn. Dan's like, all right, man, we'll trade me. And then he puts his yeah. house on the market. Yeah. Um, but I just don't, I just don't think, I mean, I don't think that's a thing, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's not, you know, it's not like yeah. we're, we're, uh, we have, uh, we have, you know, uh, bugs inside the, the facility, but yeah. And there's, there's been numerous times in history where someone's selling their property and has nothing to do with them going anywhere. So I just wouldn't read too much into it right now. Yeah. And I mean, this is some random guy so, who's tweeting this out. So who even knows if it's true that he put the house on the market? I mean, it could be, but. You know. That's another thing. But man, it's beautiful, dude. God. Can <laughs> buy it? We could do the podcast from Damian Lillard's former house. Yeah, I would not. I, I wouldn't. This is this is a random person tweeting this out right now. I would not make this into something bigger than what it is. If it is even I'm true. Put, I'm gonna put a bid on seven seven mil. Oh man, what's the payment on seven mil? I mean, and this could be a situation where maybe he just went to like, like, it's like, it's not actually on the market yet. He just talked to somebody about potentially putting it on. Like, it's just, there's, there's a lot of gray here. I'm not, I'm not buying If this guy's a legit realtor, if this guy's a legit realtor, which I imagine he is, you would see the listing. Like it it would pop up. 
and so uh, yeah i can i can imagine he would he would make it up so i believe it <laughs> people are tweeting oh hold on a second We got some anyway, news. okay, let's move on to uh, to one of the already one of the greatest tracksters in the history of the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. What you got? We got to talk about Mia, man. We got to talk about Mia Brahe Patterson because this is this is the first time we're talking about her on this podcast. But let me tell you, it will not be the last. Okay, um, so she ran an eleven second flat one hundred meter at state this past weekend, which would be tied for the fifth fastest time in the NCAA this year. Going into at least last weekend, I, I I haven't looked at it since they had um, the regionals for NCAA. Uh, but boy, oh boy! I mean, she's she's got a few more meets down at uh, Hayward this summer, and uh, I'd start paying attention to this if I were you guys. And not even because you know she's she's fat. You know, obviously she's fast. Okay. But she's sassy, and I love it. Okay, I love it. She said after after the one hundred meters, she was like, she was talking about her and her team, and she was like, you know, we're, I'm just a junior. Like, we've got another year of this. I hope Oregon's ready. And I'm like, yes, girl. So she ran. This is like a weird technicality thing. We love a track and field is full of technicalities, and. uh so she ran the fastest time in NFHS history, which is kind of like the official score, like record keepers. Technically, there's two other girls who have ran faster than her who were in high school, but one of them was at the Jamaica like national meet or whatever, so that didn't count. And then another one was at a pro meet, so that also didn't count because it wasn't at a high school meet. So it's the fastest time ever run by a high schooler at a high school track meet. So um, she's going to go sub 11 at some point. And I, I think it's going to happen this summer. So, um, and what's so funny sub is what? that sub 11, sub, sub 11, which only two other girls. Now, the na- the national isn't the, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. So the national, yeah, she's, th- she's, she's third. All, she's third. She's third. She's third all time. Right. Isn't the national record like 10, nine, six. 1094 I believe. Is that right? Um but it's like it's a weird situation okay. like I said because there's those two times that are above her weren't recorded at high school track meets. They were recorded at one was at like a Brooks meet and the other one was at J- the Jamaica uh, like national meet. So um so yes, technically she's third all time. She's it's the fastest time run at a high school meet ever. So there you go. Um so, you know, Nike Outdoor Nationals is June 15th through the 18th, and that's at Hayward. I mean, yeah, I think that we could see a sub-11 there from her, which is funny because, by the way, her, her I, I think that coming into this season, I know this, coming into this season, she thought her best event was the 200. Now, all of a sudden, gotcha. she's the... the the third best all time in the 100 meter. So, um, Aaron, I mean, I know you've been around here a long time in terms of, and I'm sure you've seen a few high schoolers come and go who have, uh, you know, been track phenoms in this state. I mean, have you, have you seen somebody like, like where does she measure up for you in terms of 
high schoolers you've seen come through this state, at, you know, at the track and field level and, and the hype around her, I guess. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's always interesting when this state produces a national level trackster because this, this state is, it's relatively small, you know, compared to the rest of the country. And usually you're seeing your fastest kids come out of California, Texas, Florida. Uh, <clears throat> so for Oregon to have <laughs> the all time fastest uh, girl sprinters at the high school level is amazing. And I remember when, uh, did, oh my gosh. She's still got another oh my year. God, why am I forgetting her name? Who? Yeah. Who's the North Carolina? Oh my God. The North Carolina athlete who played basketball and ran track. It's Jones. Oh my God. Why am I forgetting her name? You would have gotten in trouble for doping. Marion Jones, my gosh. How did I forget her name? She held the record for a long time yes. uh, for high school girls at, at around 11 flat, I think. She held it uh, coming so what, in. That's it, what was 11, it was 11.14, and it, that's what it was coming into this meet. She still had the record coming into this meet. Well, I mean, for the at the, at the oh, NFL. The national high school record or a different? Okay, what like what's like, explain the difference to me? Okay, so <laughs> like in, there's the NFHS record, like, which no, is basically like, at the high school. So it's like high school meets. So she had the fastest time that had been recorded at a high school meet, whereas the two girls who are currently above Mia at the 100 level, those two, those two times didn't come at high school meets. One came at the Jamaica national meet and another one came at the, at a Brooks meet. So that's a professional meet. So that's where it's, it's, we love track and field because there's a lot of different. And then it's like, Oh, was it dated? Which by the way, Mia's was not wind dated. So we're good there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is, there's there's a lot of technicalities there, but yes, Marion Jones coming in to this meet still had the fastest time at a high school meet at eleven point one four. So Mia has now taken that down and owns that. Got two more times to take down now, I guess you could say, which I I think she's going to do. So we shall see. It's uh, I definitely just I wanted to talk about it because I think if it's not on your radar right now. And you're listening to us, it needs to be because she's got another year left of doing meets. Man. Another year. So she's, I mean, there's people talking online that she could just skip college altogether. I mean, next year is, next year's Paris. Ooh, we'll go see. straight to the Olympics, huh? I, I don't think she's going to well, get well, a what are college women running, though? Wait, wait, wait. What'd yeah, where are college women running? Um, I, like women I said, running? she has the fifth fastest time in college. Like, coming into last week, um, she has the fifth fastest time. Um, the, ele- the 11 seconds flat well. would be the fifth fastest time at the NCAA level this year. Wow. So, we'll see. We'll see where she's at come next year. But, I mean, I fully expect her to be at you and Eugene competing in u.s track and field olympic trials i fully expect her to be there next year so that's exciting man can she catch a football (laughs) (laughs) 
have her, have her, I'd have her, I'd see if she wants to return kicks for the high school football team. Oh my God. Just return hey, kicks. I, I, I think coach Corey at LO wouldn't we'll, we'll say create no. create a lane for you. Or just run, or just, just put her out there for a couple of reverses or goes. You can't, you know, reverse. If they don't fall for the reverse, just run to the sideline out of bounds. Because, I mean, she probably weighs, what, like 125, 130 pounds, something like that, 140, maybe. So you don't want her getting hit. But, and then have her go, run go routes. You're not going to get hurt running a go route. Just blow the top off the defense. They may never even throw it to you, but two people are covering you. Or two people are trying to cover you. Because <laughs> odds are the two people guarding you might run 11-4, 11-5, maybe. So you're running right by them. That's, I, I talked to her. Get her NIL deal? I'm, well, I, she like does have games. NIL stuff right now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. I was assuming, but she might, you know, she could probably enhance it. She's playing football. I know. I'm just I'm just talking madness. Of course, you would never do that. But it would yeah. be fascinating to see. You know, so, Coach I Corey. I, I mean, Coach Corey's been at LO forever. So, you know? Yeah. Time to. No time slants to- or screens, just goes. <laughs> Just go sideline, go routes, outrun, sideline, go. You're not going to get hurt. You're not going to get hurt. It's almost impossible. <laughs> I like it. I That's like the idea. That'd be hilarious. Because there's hard, there's hardly yeah. like what's the what's the boys' record? The boys' record in the states like ten four, I think. I'm not sure what it is. It might be still Gus, Tom, Tyner or or Costa or Envella or Gus Envella might still hold that. No, I don't think Tyner. I can't remember what Tyner ran. Anyway, all right. I always come back to football for me and I'm just like thinking I'll get her on my semi-pro football team and have her run goes. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Let's sh- let's shift away from Fentress fantasy hour to pop culture. Before we get to Scandaval, yeah, I just have to bring up Jamie Foxx again. Please. Because first Jamie Foxx was su- supposedly on death's door. Then his sister allegedly said he's fine. He's been playing pickleball. And now there's reports out there that he's a complete mess. I'm not even going to relay the reports, but then there's some fool out there saying it's vax related. It's just ridiculous. This is the worst reported story in the history of reported stories. Uh, and I wish, like, like to me, so, something might be up with him. Because to me, if you're Jamie Foxx, aren't you going to come out yourself and appear and say this is all garbage and nonsense? Why would you want this? Why would you want people thinking these horrible things? So something may very well be going on with him, but... I'm at the point now where I just want an official statement I can trust or nothing at all because I'm tired of this. Tired of this Jamie Foxx health drama. Um, Honestly, I haven't really seen anything on him in a while, so I guess I must have missed out on that. There you go. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Like we it's like we discussed it's, previously, Gold Digger, great song. He, he has a blood clot and he can't see, and like this is this is all these weird reports out there, and no one's clearing it up. There's no publicist, there's no agent, there's no Jamie, there's no friends in the industry. Like I'm starting to wonder if it's some kind of performance art, <laughs> like if this is going to lead to something. Uh, it's just weird. I mean, he's one of the biggest stars on the planet, and we don't have any idea what's going on with him. Anyway. But unfortunately, what we do know oh, boy, a lot about, don't we? Maybe more than anyone should want to know about, yeah, maybe, is this scan of all craziness 
You sent me like a four minute recap clip last week. I finally watched it last night. Well, okay, I watched three minutes of it. I, once dude started crying, and the other dude wanted to fight him and started bragging about how ripped and shredded he was. He'd kick his butt. <laughs> like okay wait a minute is this a chippendales dance off or fight because how shredded and ripped you are doesn't mean you can fight it just means you work out a lot uh and then and then oh the best part was the what's the host name andy cohen he does he does andy cohen he does uh the bachelors too right no is he the bachelor bachelor he isn't nope okay um they all they all seem the same to me so he he said he stopped it all. It was like, hold on a second. Everyone in this room has cheated except for like one or two people. And then everyone yeah. was like, Yeah, but we weren't married. Or yeah, but it wasn't our friend. Or yeah, it's like that's just the point. All of you guys are mad at these people for cheating when every last person in the room has cheated. And you're acting like the cheaters you're attacking are just a scum of the earth, but you're not because of different circumstances surrounding the cheating. <laughs> I just, I literally busted out laughing and I was like, my God, this is why I got out of watching uh, reality television. But apparently there was another episode last night. Was it last uh, Wednesday, night? Wednesday. And I was the only Wednesday? one in the sports office. So I watched it. Well, I think Jamie Hudson. Did they actually fight in. this time? What'd you say? No, <laughs> Jamie. Did they actually <laughs> fight this time? Uh, no, they did not fight. Uh, J- Jamie, I'm pretty sure Jamie came in midway through and I was like, oh, we're riding this out and I'm not saying anything. And I was like, hey, she'll, she'll get it. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> so yeah, I was the only one in the sports office Wednesday. So I, I happily watched that. Um, but yeah, um, my personal favorite part of the entire episode was actually at the end <laughs> when, so there's two Toms, there's Tom Sandoval and now I'm forgetting the other Tom's last name. That's uh schwartz tom schwartz so tom sandoval is the one who obviously scandoval is the one who cheated and did this whole thing um but tom schwartz is his best friend (laughs) they're bringing in the girl who he sandoval cheated with and tom schwartz pops out a full bottle of xanax from his (laughs) from his suit jacket and just pops a pill on set and everyone's like what's that what are you doing he goes xanax and they're like what what are you talking about and he's like i'm stressed out i'm gonna take one and then he just starts throwing the xanax bottle around to everybody on set and then everyone's like don't talk about it and then andy's like i think it was andy cohen he was like well he's the one who was talking about xanax he doesn't obviously care so we can't talk about it so there he there he's like popping a pill as this girl comes out on set right before um next week's episode which is gonna be the big one because she's out there and it's gonna get feisty um but yeah anyways it was uh another episode of a lot of people yelling a lot of people screaming uh, that guy that uh, yelled and said that he was uh, going to get in that guy's face once again had to get up out of his chair and left the set. Um, so, yeah, anyways, he because uh, he got he got up. He actually didn't really get upset with Sandoval. He got upset with somebody else. But anyways, uh, but it was about the situation that he was upset and. uh your guy, Andy, said, 
he he like sat down and he came back and sat down again and andy and he like apologized the guy apologized to andy for getting up out of his seat again and andy just goes just stay in your chair honestly just there were some curse words in there as well but just stay in your chair because this guy has gotten out i think think that was like his third time in the first two episodes where he just got out of his chair and left which isn't very productive for anybody involved. But um but yeah, anyways, and then Sandoval went and talked to um the girl that he cheated with on their like lunch break for the reunion. Mm-hmm. And uh he like started yelling at producers and told them that him and Raquel needed to uh have their own needed to have a conversation um needed to have a conversation uh without cameras which is not going to happen in that sort of situation at all so he's like yelling at producers that he needs to go uh have his own conversation with her which was um not going to occur in that sort of situation so anyways it was just uh another episode so let me ask you this how, yeah. how but, but let me ask you Good. How how much of this, when you watch it, how much of it do you feel is just absolutely just manufactured for television? Um, okay. Well, the actual affair is definitely not manufactured. And him yelling at the cameras, that was not manufactured either. Um, do I think this guy that's constantly getting upset and walking off, I think he's trying to have his moment. And he used to be engaged mm-hmm. to the girl that sandoval cheated with so there's a lot going on there um but i do think he's kind of trying to milk it a little bit um so yeah i mean there's as most things in reality television there are some things that are very real and i thought that that freak out on the cameras was very real like you could tell and the, the reason why he wanted to have his own time with her is because they want to get their story straight. They want to get their lie straight. Let's be frank. Um, cause I mean, Raquel admitted <laughs> during the, cause there's like, there's like other parts. So Raquel, they're like weaving in an interview that she did, um, with the, with Andy Cohen, the big host. And she basically admitted that her and Sandoval were going to try to figure out a way to, they were going to tell Ariana, but they were going to lie about how long it was going on for. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're trying to figure out their lies right now, which by the way, that's why Schwartz popped, popped a pill is because he's, uh, he's also kind of in on the lie because he knew about it. So he's trying to make sure that he doesn't screw up <laughs> in terms of the, whatever they're trying to make happen. So, I think a lot of it is actually very real, but there's, you know, obviously a few people that are um, trying to get their moments as well in this. And I, I would say that, uh, that the guy that can constantly is getting out of his chair is, is, is one of those people. Yeah, I think that's fair. So. Oh, what a circus. Yep. One more episode. We got one more. What a circus. Yep. And that's Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. And then we're Amazing. done. But, you know, every once in a while, you like to involve yourself in uh, mindless drama. So here we are. Mindless entertainment. I get um, it. Hey, 
as I told you before on this show, I would go home at lunch and watch Jerry Springer for an hour back in the nineties. So I can't, I can't judge. Yeah, I can't yeah. judge. Yeah, you know but that was real. The people on Jerry Springer were real. That was not manufactured. Just because they flew them out there and put them up in the hotels, and the people who went there had already seen Jerry Springer and knew what Jerry Springer was about. There was no way that the unsuspecting partner knew that their significant other was going to reveal to them that they were having an affair with their dad and their uncle and their mom. Like, there's just no way they knew that. No, not at all. Why are you laughing at me? Not at all. Definitely not. That was real reality I'm television still with a heart. On you. With a heart. I'm, I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting. I, I need to know your daughter's reaction when you ask her if she knows what Scandival is. Because I can guarantee Oh, I forgot to ask her last night. I can guarantee No way she knows, she knows about it. She's not following it. She's not following this stuff. Okay. This is beneath her. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I just checked the DVR. The whole season's on there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, it's the time to uh, ra- wrap this okay. lovely episode up. I think so. Um, thanks for listening to the Bla- <laughs> the Blazers Focus podcast. No, thanks for living listening to the Sports by Northwest podcast, supported by the Pacific One Automation One Four Seven, coming June second and third to Portland International Raceway. Also, join our subtext uh, feature by texting the number. 503-386-0095 14-day trial to see what it's like getting daily updates from myself and Bill Orm about the ongoings in the sports world and links to articles and podcasts such as this one. Also leave us a positive rating and uh, click that subscribe button. We'll be back next week with more Scandaval sprinkled in with a little bit of laser draft news.